Isaiah 40, verse 21. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Had it not been told you from the beginning, have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing, he maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted, Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high. And behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. We've probably heard this a million times, but they that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Today I'm going to pull from that familiar verse and I'm just going to preach simply today renewed strength. Renewed strength. Let's remember our prayer request. Ask the Lord to direct us remainder of this service. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence, your spirit that is in this place. I pray, God, that you'd anoint the lips of clay, God, to deliver what you've laid up on my spirit today. I pray you would touch us, speak to us before we leave this building. Do, God, what you have come to do, what only you can do. Touch these needs that we have called today, God. Touch this great family, this great church family, Lord. Bless them. Be with them in this time of loss. Touch Randy. Raise him up today. We know you're able. We give you all the glory and all the praise. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Again, I stand in this desk and begin a message with this words. We are truly living in unprecedented times. The persuasive power of public opinion and rebellion is rapidly reshaping and changing societal norms. We are today an evolving people. Maybe not sometimes for the better because it seems when you look around we are growing more selfish. We are growing more single-minded and self-centered by the minute. And because of it, we are moving as a nation and as a people 
further away from God than we have ever been before. Personal opinions or preferences now are not kept to themselves for the greater good of the whole, but now personal wants and personal desires are demanded as rights with no regard of their consequences to others. This is a me-first generation, and no one, not even God, better stand in my way. Our knowledge today is increased to all-time highs, yet it seems our understanding has plummeted to all-time lows. I'm going somewhere today. Just stay with me this morning. We live in a world today that prides itself in all of its accomplishments. We live in a world that boasts of being able to do anything that it very well pleases to do. And while you could look at our accomplishments and you could look at our advancements and our achievements and you could surmise or deduct from them that we are strong, the truth is this morning we have become a people weaker than we have ever been before simply because we have too much trust in our own strength. And this misplaced trust and this arrogance that we have has not only reshaped how we see ourselves, but it has even begun to redefine God to this generation. And instead of God being sovereign and supreme and the authority over man, he is now merely just a suggestor that if you desire his opinion, you can search him out and you can see what he has to say. And the sad thing is this morning, we would expect this from the world, but now it seems it has made its way into modern religion. And sadly, multiplied thousands will gather today into beautiful buildings looking to be entertained, looking to be patted on the back by the sermon and sent out with a soothed conscience that everything's okay and let me go on with the rest of my week and I'll be back next Sunday to get another dose. Come on, somebody. Something is wrong with the picture, and I'll tell you what it is this morning. It's this, this real Jesus that we can find in this book. The real master that we need to be searching for does not sell to this modern generation. Come on, they don't want the God that sweeps in by fire and destroys everything in opposition to his will and to his word. They don't want the God that demanded to be reverenced and respected and even feared. Come on, somebody. But they would rather preach some easy believe is a message full of cliches and positive thinking. A new Jesus high-fiving everyone, kissing all the babies, too cool to judge, too cool to get angry, too cool to correct us when we step out of line. And because they have made him weak, they have become weak. And we have a church today that's living beneath her privilege, living beneath her calling, 
living beneath her power and her potential. Because not only are we being wearied by fighting sin and Satan and all his evil attacks, but now we're wearied just trying to keep false religion out of the church. I hope I'm helping you today. And we're searching for our strength again. And we're desiring to feel that old anointing again. And we're trying to recapture a feeling. Anybody remember what it felt like? That feeling when you first prayed through? That feeling when you first felt the power of His Spirit and that touch of the Holy Ghost in your life? That anointing that made us oblivious to what others thought about us? Come on. That anointing that made us go tell everybody that we came in contact with about this experience that we had just had and we're chasing after something old because we're seeing weakness in what is new. Now instead of a church looking forward into the promises of God and looking forward to our new battles and ahead to our new challenges, we are looking backwards with feelings of inadequacy for what is ahead. And we're not possessing our land. And we're not taking our cities, nor our nation, nor our world. But we're hungry. And we're gathered here today hungry for something old. Something that will just take us back. You ever wondered why in Pentecost there's so much debate over the type of music that we sing? It's because you have attached that anointing to a feeling. And now you need that feeling to remember that anointing. But let me tell you this morning, your anointing was never in that song or the way it made you feel. Your anointing came as you surrendered yourself in worship as we did just a few moments ago unto the Lord. As you emptied yourself, He anointed you and He strengthened you and He empowered you because in our worship to Him, He is revealed to us and made available to us. And in those moments, in His presence with our spirit postured to receive, that's what worship is. He empowers us with His anointing and with His strength. But when we come into His house with our wants and our desires and our checklist, always looking back, to recreate a moment that has passed, we lose the opportunity to get into his presence now. And more times than not, we enter looking in the wrong direction and we become weaker. Not because he is weak, but because we had the wrong perspective. I'm setting all that to say that's why we become so critical sometimes. And that's why we're so easily offended and we can never be satisfied because we are placing emphasis on the wrong things. It's amazing to say uh, or to hear people say, we used to have church till midnight, but they get mad if the pastor preaches 35 minutes instead of the 30 that he said he would. The reason they stayed there till midnight is because somebody was preaching. The elder generation says these new songs, they've only got 10 words and they sing them a thousand times. Well, you sang I'll Fly Away 62 times, all verses and all the courses over and over again. Why did you do that? Because when you looked out and you saw people worshiping and you saw people being blessed, you realized I'll just keep singing because something's happening out there. Come on, somebody. Now, 
I didn't come to be mean today because I'm not mean. I'm very nice. You guys know me by now. This is I love my church month, and I love this place. My family and I are so glad to be a part of this great church. But I woke up this morning stirred to come and tell you we can't be the church that misses our promise. We can't be that church that misses what God is trying to do in this hour and lose our future because we are too busy looking backwards instead of looking forward. And while we're remembering testimonies and looking back at how good God has been, let's not forget today what we're here for. There's a purpose out in front of us. There's a work out ahead of us. And there's a calling and an anointing that's resting on us today. Our work is not finished and our work is not done. I'm getting a little out in front of myself, but some of us need a recharge today. We need a testimony to reignite something in our spirit today and get us back to a place where he's number one again. I refuse today to fall victim to the noise of this hour. I'm so aggravated, I'm so agitated that everywhere you turn, there's so much noise coming from the outside that we seem to be confused on the inside. I'm telling you, God's church has always been a noise-making church. They may be noisy out there, but there ought to be some new noise coming from the people of God that know Him today. I may not today make it to the end of this message, but I, I, I feel something prompting me this morning. Come on, somebody, that what is out before us uh, is greater than what uh, is behind us. Uh, thank God for the testimony, uh, but the testimony was given to make you an overcomer for what is ahead. I feel such destiny on this place today. Do you remember the exile from Egypt that night when God's people walked through that blood? They were on their way to the promised land. It wasn't just a little cleansing. They were headed somewhere. They had painted their doors with the blood and they walked out covered with supernatural strength. All their sicknesses were healed. Everyone was made clean and new. They had provision and they had wealth. Come on now. All because they had obeyed the command of the Lord and applied the blood. That wasn't all they did. They took that same lamb from which they got that blood from and they consumed it and they ate it and they put it on the inside. Why? Because it was supposed to sustain them for that very short journey. It was supposed to keep them satisfied until they entered into the promised land. It was God's type and it was God's shadow to us that my blood covering will get you out but the lamb on the inside is what's going to take you in. But watch what happened. The children of Israel landed in the wilderness of sin. Exodus 15, if you want to read it when you get home. And there they started complaining about the meat they left back in Egypt. They had the lamb on the inside. They had the blood on the outside. They were healed. And now delivered from the rule of Pharaoh, but they were too opinionated to step into their promise. God had sustained them, God had healed them, God had delivered them, yet they still couldn't stop looking backward long enough to go 
forward. No wonder the reports came back evil when they sent the spies out into the land. They had been listening to backward murmuring more than forward conquering. Because of it, their forward momentum was stopped. They couldn't get on the same page with God. They couldn't see how they had the strength when they felt so weak. And we do it now. We look back and we see how things may be different and we forget that God is the author and God is the finisher of our faith. And you're never going to make it to the end if you never get out of the start. Come on, somebody. And in our text this morning, let me cut out a bunch of notes and tell you what Isaiah was doing. He was trying to get the church into her purpose and out of her past. He was trying to remind them that this is not about your strength. This is about not about you trying to be something you once were. But if you can ever get your eyes on Him, if you can just remember the God you serve, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he was telling them was don't let your pettiness get in the way. Don't let your preferences get in the way. But if you can still see him as he is, if you can still see him as the great I am that Moses met, if he's still the El Shaddai that Abram met, if he's still the God that brings songs in the night that Job met, then the purpose before you is within reach. So I've walked into my church this morning, right in the middle of I love my church month, to say to my brothers and sisters in the Lord, the enemy has tried his best to weary us. He has tried his best to discourage us. He has attacked us on every side. And if some of us would be honest today, if we would truly survey our spirit, we're feeling that our strength has been sapped. We're feeling like we're struggling just to even get up on a Sunday morning and put the clothes on and make the effort to get into the house of the Lord. Am I talking to anybody in this place? We look around our nation today, it's as divided as ever. We have a country that's filled with uncertainty this morning and no clear direction anywhere in the near future. And we just wonder, Lord, do I even have the strength for the fight? And this is right where God's people were in the midst of this text that I chose this morning to read it to your hearing. They had a misplaced focus on whose strength was important. That's what Isaiah was addressing in verses 21 through 30. I won't read it again for the sake of time. We opened up uh, this message with it, but this is what he was saying to them. They were struggling. They were weak. They were killing themselves with their own voices and their own opinions. And God said, wait just a minute. Sometimes God's just got to say, hang on just a who you think you talking about? Just who do you think you're talking to this morning? He said, wait just a minute here. You're my people. You know better than what you're saying about yourselves right now. You've seen me in action. 
You know better than to drop your faith in the midst of trouble. What's this I hear you saying about my church? Don't you know I've purchased it with my own blood? Don't you know I've got a plan? Can't you let go of your own opinion long enough to let me work for you? And the Lord throwed that in. He said, where were you when I was sitting on the circle of the Where were you at when I was sitting on my throne and I was creating things and I was decreeing things and I was declaring things all so that you and I might be restored in fellowship with one another. You think my church is weak? You think I'm weak? You think I've turned my eye from you? Honey, I see you today. Come on. That's how I heard the Lord say it this morning. He said, baby, I see you today, and I don't faint. Furthermore, I don't even get tired when I look down on you and I see you in the place I've put you. I love my church. (laughs) In the place I've put you, when I see you there, and I see you in prayer, and I see you in worship, I give power to you in your weak hours. I give power and might to increase your strength heard the Lord say, I'm not a hard God. I'm a good God. I know you get weary. Even young men with all their muscles, that's what he said toward the end. All the young men with all their energy and all their talents, even the young grow weary. They get tired. They get worn out and they faint. But wait a minute. Stop the presses. Even the youths faint. We thought it was just for us older folks. Even the youths get weary. Even the young men shall utterly fall. That was verse 29. But hear me this morning. If you think you can do this by your own might, this is the end of your story. If you think you can return to some magical point where you felt strong and be renewed, you have come to the end of your story. If you keep looking back to days gone by, this is the end of your story. But if you can get it this morning, you can find a formula for making it in this hour. And it's found in one of our most familiar verses in the entire Bible, Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that wait upon the Lord. Now, I've heard this preached so many ways, none of which I have a problem with. I take no issue with any way it's been preached. And if you've heard it preached in any of these ways, amen. It was great. I said amen every time I heard it. One example said, to wait is to sit in anticipation, ready to move or act upon his arrival. Y'all heard it preached like that? They that wait upon the Lord, we're just ready to go. We're just waiting on you, Lord. We're here. We're with you. And I said amen when they preached it like that. Another is to wait in the sense of a waiter. Anybody heard it preached like that? That you just get in and you just get involved and you start ministering unto the Lord and you get involved in His service just doing His will, just carrying out His every command, just waiting upon Him like a waiter or a waitress until He moves to pour out His will upon you. And these are both great and they're both worthy of doing. But when you look at the Hebrew word for wait today, you'll find another avenue that needs 
considering. Because the key to unlocking this verse is understanding the word wait. The word wait used in this verse is the Hebrew word quava. The word quava has two definitions or two meanings. Y'all know words can have a literal meaning and they can have a figurative meaning today. Y'all know how that works? The word dead has a literal meaning and it has a figurative meaning. If we say someone died, that man was dead, he died. He was devoid of life. That means it's time to move on to other things to remember him. But if we said the church was dead today, it doesn't mean the same thing. It's literal and figurative. And this word has both a literal and a figurative meaning. The literal word of the meaning is, or the literal meaning of the word is to bind together like a cord. To bind together like a cord. Now what does that mean? Let me tell you what it does not mean. It doesn't mean to tie a cord around a bunch of sticks and try to keep them together. This binding together is more like the process of making a rope or a cord. By twisting or weaving or binding threads together as you take many multiple threads and you begin to weave them all together you come out with a rope and the more the strands are twisted or woven together in the rope the stronger the rope becomes see a single piece of string can't lift very much weight because it's working on its own yet a rope can lift several hundred pounds because it's made up of many strands. And when a rope lifts or pulls a load, it stretches a little bit while it's working. And in that stretching, it starts to get stronger. What's happening as it stretches, those individual strands are pulled closer and closer together. And while this stress is on the rope, the individual strands unite together to lift or pull the load. No one individual strand does all the work. If it did, it would snap and all would be lost. But the strength of the rope comes from all the strands. I know I'm preaching to a smart crowd today. You know where I'm headed. When all the strands begin to work together, there's strength that comes into the entire rope. And what one strand couldn't do now when we're all combined together and we're all meshed into our place and we're all doing what we were supposed to do, we can get the job done. One on its own couldn't get it done, but when we fit where we're at and where we're put where we're supposed to be, we can get it done because we have strength. That's why single agendas hurt the church. That's why carnal opinions hurt the church because the more united we are, the stronger we are. The literal definition of this word 
implies strength through numbers. The more strands in your rope, the greater the strength of the rope. And just as the rope's strength comes from being made of many, our strength today comes from being united with Christ and woven together. And our lives become stronger because we have each other. That's why we love the church. That's why we come together and we worship together and we sorrow together and we cry together and we rejoice together and we shout together because we know me on my own I'm not strong enough to make it but if I can get together with a brother or I can get together with a sister today I'm going to make it in this hour that's why I love my church today I love my church because when I walked into this place, I found some people that came and they put their hand in mine and they said, it's good to meet you and it's good to have you. We're so excited to see what the Lord's going to do in this place because we knew when we linked up, we got stronger and we got better. Come on, the enemy's tactic has been to scatter us and to divide us and we're praying that everybody will be back in the house of the Lord. Why? Because we know our strength is when we're all together today. But the figurative definition of implies to wait is to hope or to expect. It conveys anticipation. Why are both so important? Because just waiting can lose interest. When you just sit around and wait, you can quickly tire of just sitting around and waiting. It can breed complacency and contentment because when time is out of our hands, our minds are free to wander. But if we are uniting together, I love my church. And we're weaving a rope. I love my church. And we're praying, ladies. And we're fasting. And we're reading our Bibles. It keeps us together. It keeps us ready for the moment of the call. And when that call comes, it brings with it a purpose and a promise of renewed strength today. This is what I've come to tell this church today. God is getting ready to renew our strength. But it's not going to be like you think. It's not going to be a familiar touch. It's not going to be a common touch. It's not going to be a return to the feelings of yesterday or the good old days. But this is going to be new. And he's about to pour his power out on us a way that we have never felt or seen before. It's a new anointing for a new day. I wish I had somebody that believed it in this place. God is getting ready to do something in this place. Come on. Stand with me this morning. I started my message off today by saying we're living in unprecedented times. And these are very unprecedented times. And they will demand from us an anointing that we have not felt before. And a strength that we have not yet possessed before. But the Lord impressed upon me in prayer this morning to say to this church, if you can wait on me, if you can forget about yourself, 
yourself and you can bind together with those of like precious faith. I'm sending some strength to Christian Life Church. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm sending the strength that you need to launch out into your purpose today. Oh, I wish I could convey it uh, like I felt it in my prayer closet uh, this morning. Uh, Come on, this is more uh, than a month of catchy slogans. Uh, It's more than tailgates. Uh, It's more than yard signs. Uh, It's more than renewed friendships. Uh, Come on, these are all important and they're necessary. Uh, But what the Lord is trying to do uh, is awaken a people. Uh, We're in the midst of trouble. We're in the midst of crisis. Uh, And the worst thing we can do is get scattered. Uh, We need to wait. We need to wait. We need to come together. We need to bind together and be strong and renew our strength. Be repositioned and ready for what's ahead. Come on, does anybody feel that in this place today? Come on, has anybody been under an unprecedented attack? It seems like every way you look and every way you turn, the enemies come from all sides and you don't know where it's come from and why. I'm telling you, he's trying to work an agenda in this world and the only thing that's going to stop it is a united church that understands my hope is not in the White House today. My hope is in this house and his name is Jesus today. Come on, I wish somebody would agree with me in your spirit today. I don't know what the world is going to do, but I'm going to keep waiting. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep believing because I'm weaving myself with strength. I'm I'm enrolling myself with a people that's going to make me strong today. Come on, anybody ready for that today? Anybody be honest and say, I came in weak today. Oh, but I'm going to leave encouraged. I'm going to bind together. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to do what Brother Jay said on that testimony. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to find somewhere to belong because I know in doing so, I'm wrapping myself up in the thing that's going to be my strength. Come on. I feel such destiny on this place. I feel such purpose on this place today. But it's not going to come until we all buy in and understand I'm important to what God wants to do here. I'm valuable to what God wants to do here. I can't just be here when I want to, when I feel like it. I've got to make the effort to buy in and serve the role that God's called me to. Somebody lift your hands right now and thank Him. Come on, if you need some strength, I wish you'd just raise your hand. There's an anointing in this house. I wish you'd just lift your voice and begin to call out to the Lord. Come on, He sent a word to you today that if you'll trust it and you'll obey it today, there's some renewed strength coming in this place. Come on. Heal up.
Come on, I feel it moving in this place. I feel it moving in this sanctuary right now. Come on, somebody's getting a hold of it. Somebody's repenting. God, forgive me. God, forgive me today. Oh, I need your strength, Lord, if I'm going to make it. I need your strength, Lord, if I'm going to make it through this. telling you the enemy's a liar today I'm telling you the enemy's a liar today come on what he's been telling you is not true this morning oh come on you need to say I'll live come on you need to say those promises that word what the Lord has told me all those things they're still in my reach today they're still in my grasp today Come on, I feel it so strong in this place today. Come on, anybody needs some strength in this house? Come on, why don't we just gather? I know, we, I know we're trying to be distanced. And so be distanced, but let's gather around the front today. Just a little season. Let's just thank the Lord today that we're a part of a great church. Come on, there's strength today in this house. Come on, you don't have to walk out of here like you walked in. Come on, you can stay apart from one another. But let's acknowledge what the Lord has spoken to us in the house today and give Him a little praise before we leave this place this morning.